Welcome to the night show. Bye, Sophia. Conan. Hillary. And Amy. Today we're going to discuss pages 23 to 69 of the book Night. Our first question is, why do you think the life of the first um, hung man means so much to Ellie? While Juliet just says, this ceremony will be over soon. I'm hungry. Um, it's the one that affected him the most was probably the young boy's death. Am I correct? Yeah, but um, I'm asking about the first. The first, the first Oh, the first. I think it has to do with, like, Ellie's morals and because he was so religious before they went to the camp. Yeah, I agree with Sophia. Mm-hmm. Me too. About yeah, because, because with, the, with the gas chambers and the crematoriums, he didn't actually see them dying. He just knew that they died. And this was one of the first people that was a public, a public death, so it kind of scared him. Mm-hmm. Well... Juliet kind of knew what was happening and he'd like, seen it before. Maybe you got kind of used to it or something. Yeah, or I something. agree. Mm-hmm. And then the next question is, throughout the story, it looks like Ellie's character changes a bit. In the beginning of the book, he was this boy who was a very strong believer of God and he enjoyed many religious studies. But as he spends more time in these camps and faces death situations, his faith in his God grows much weaker and he curses his god saying i hate you uh, your justice is just wrong your justice is wrong so i'm wondering how would you guys feel if you were in ellie's shoes if you admired someone and something terrible happened i think that he's right to he's not right to blame god but he needed someone to blame it on because mm-hmm. it's like a horrible situation he was put in and he has no way of coping with it, but except like blaming someone. Yeah, I guess that's how most humans cope with stressful situations. Yeah, I agree with that. Usually there's, they need someone to blame to like cope with the situation. And I think in this case, Ellie's putting the blame on God, even though it might necessarily not be that person's fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree um, that everyone sometimes needs someone to blame for like their problems yeah and this there's probably going to be a lot of disappointment disappointment in the person that i thought was perfect is suddenly this happens it's going to be very angry i'm going to be disappointed like why did he let us let this happen something like that especially if you're like especially a figure like god where he's supposed to make everything better and like if you pray it'll get better Mm -hmm. but in his situation, no matter how much he prays, it's not going to get better for a long time. And he knows if he blames the Nazis, that and he and he accidentally says something that he'll get tortured, and he doesn't want that to happen. So he needs to blame someone else. Yeah. Yeah. So this next question kind of goes along with Amy's question: um, Do you think Ellie has lost all his faith in God? And also make a prediction. The author started off explaining Ellie's studies and religions. How do you think the story will end? Will he still believe in his previous studies? I don't think Ellie completely lost all faith. Because in the book, he did mention 
I did not believe. Oh, what is it? I still believe in God. I just don't believe in His justice. So I don't think he lost complete faith. For now. Yeah, I definitely think he's questioning it though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a little question. Yeah, I think it's being strained, like his relationship with God, and the the fact that all of this is happening. Um, he was starting to learn these things. He still hasn't learned everything, so. He hasn't lost complete faith, but he's struggling to hold on to what little faith he still has. Yeah, I agree. Um, he is struggling to hold on to his faith, and um, he. Yeah, yeah, and then like, sorry, you can go. Oh. And then the first part of the book, the author did mention a lot of Ellie with his faith in God. So maybe he'll end the book with um the religious parts. Maybe you'll end with Ellie believing God. I think my prediction is that he'll probably end with how his views on God has changed and his Mm, views on religion. I don't know if he'll necessarily, like, lose all faith in his religion, but I think his perception of it will have changed. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that right now he's going through a rough rough patch and he'll come out the other end, like, thinking of religion and probably being just as religious as before. Um, the next question is, the author repeats the phrase, never shall I forget, several times. Why do you think the author does this, and what effect does it have on the reader? Um, this is repetition, uh, most definitely, so it's probably to emphasize to the reader how these trauma situations affected him and how it's going to stick with him for a lifetime, most likely. So never shall I forget emphasizes a huge point. And that phrase is like goes along with the whole Holocaust in general. Like a lot of the things you'll read about the Holocaust is never shall I forget or never forget. Um, In middle school, we had a Holocaust survivor come talk to us. And that was a big thing that he talked about was never forgetting what happened. So it won't happen again. Uh. Yeah, I think he's trying to reach out to the reader there saying, you can't forget about this because it's important. And if you forget about it, it might happen again. Yeah, I think he's saying, like, Um, never forget, like, the smoke, the torture, um, the flames. He also said, never shall I forget, like, the faces of the children who are going to the crematorium. Mm -hmm. Those are very traumatic situations. And also to go along with that, like, a person wouldn't forget that if you saw, like, those things happening. Like, I feel like they would be engraved in your mind forever. Mm-hmm. If, I wanna, if I was in Ellie's situation, I most likely would have never forgot anything and probably would have been traumatized for a lifetime. I think, he's also, he gets, I think he's also trying to get the reader to have those images engraved in their mind so that they, like, when they live their life and like make changes in the world that they remember that and try to stay away from any situation like that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. History doesn't repeat itself. Yeah. So the next question is, why does the young Papel, what does the young Papel symbolize to you? What does he symbolize to Ellie? And is he a heavenly figure? Oh, Papel. Uh, Could you remind me again what um, Papel is in the story? He's the he's the boy that gets hanged. The boy that gets yeah. hanged. All right, and that's when um most people started crying, right? Yeah. yeah. To me, this almost symbolized like hope, 
that they all had and that that was the point where it's really diminished and even because like they were talking about in the story like even some of the germans were like oh this feels wrong so i think that's kind of where it reached a point where like mm-hmm. oh this is happening this is horrible and maybe he's a, really starting to see the worst events yeah. of it maybe think, a change in thoughts i think they finally came to the realization that um they are in trouble and that they could die I think he also symbolizes that there there was a little beauty left in the Holocaust, and they they had had a little hope that someday it would return to normal. But I think when he got um, hung, it kind of just crushed all their hopes and dreams, and like of getting out soon, mm-hmm. and it, like yeah. got rid of any little beauty that was still left. Yeah, and then if we're ready, I'm on to the next question. Now, throughout this story, Ellie and his father was beat up a lot, and, like, thousands of other Jews, too. But the weird thing uh, in this book was that um, the day after Ellie was beat, or his father was beat, they never discussed his injuries any further. For example, the next day in the book, it said, One Sunday, as half of our group, including my father, was at work, the others, including me, took the opportunity to stay and rest. I'm wondering, why don't they discuss their injuries further? Are they trying to forget it or maybe show that this pain is nothing compared to the mental pain they face i feel like um they're kind of like desensitized to everything that's happening at this point um so like the injuries that they receive don't seem as big on the grand scale of things yeah also like kind of the same thing when the bombs were going off um, they were more excited that they were going off rather than um, fearful that they might die. They were so worried. Um, they had hope. They were hoping, oh, I hope the bombs keep going off and off. Yeah, I think I think that, um, yeah, they hope the Germans, like, get hurt and stuff. But I think they don't talk about their injuries because... Um, if they talk about it, they're giving the Germans a little bit more power over them, like, uh-huh. like over their conversation and stuff. Also, like, they so much, so many horrible things happen that talking about just getting beat up that there's not really much to say about it, considering that they get hurt every day in mm-hmm. in one way. Or so I guess yeah, I agree. Stuck with as their <laughs> daily routine or something like that. Yeah, I think that it's happened so much that now there's, like, almost no point in talking about it more. Oh, okay. Um, Then, kind of to switch the perspective of where we're going, um, do you think it would have been possible to reform the Nazis during this time? Or do you think they'll think that way forever and, like, these ideas are rooted into their brain? Oh, the Nazis. Um... Could you explain more about the reforming the Nazis during this time? Like, do you think it would have been possible to change their perspective on things? Because obviously they think, like, right now that the Jews are these horrible people and they need mm-hmm. to all kill them all. Do you think it would have been possible to change their mind? I don't... I, I think that you could have possibly changed their mind, but they would never admit it, and I don't think that they would ever change their actions because it, it, they were like it was kind of mob reality back then because they all 
they were all working together, all the Nazis, and they all believed the same thing. So if one of them went out of place and said that they think the not think that the Jews are good people, then I think they were they would be too afraid to even admit it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think the Nazis would have ever admitted if um, they agreed like with what they're doing because they um, didn't want to go through. I think it also depends on kind of uh, which people because some people helped Jews, some people helped these people escape while others were actually proud of what they were doing and thought, oh, what I'm doing is right, it's perfect. And when the Holocaust was over, they even suicided because they and they still thought up to that point, what I did to the Jews was was correct. So maybe for some Nazis, it isn't it isn't possible to reform, but maybe most it is. And then just to kind of connect this to like something that's happening like um, more recently, how do you think this? these events like kind of connect to like racism and like homophobia and stuff like that because those are like the same like uh sort of idea where like you have these concepts that are rooted into your brain and then like it's kind of hard to go against them Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's hard to go against something that you've been learning your like since you were born if your parents tell you that this type of person is bad and then for the rest of your life you kind of believe that even if like just because it was rooted in your mind at such a young age and it was repeated throughout your life, I think it's impossible to get rid of that stereotype. Yeah, it's yeah, also, yeah I agree. It also we, can be hard to go against like your parents' um, beliefs. And not only our parents, but this was really present in school too. About I think in history, you just learned about one-sided stories about how we only learned about one single thing about a group of people and we just have this label against them. And we just know, we just learn about that from kindergarten or elementary school. It's really hard to change it all of a sudden. Yeah. Why do you think it is important for Ellie to lie about his age um, and job when asked by Dr. Mm, I don't know how to say it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it either. Mengele. Mengele. Oh, Mengele. I think um, it's maybe Ellie was a little too young, and throughout the story, I heard that I saw when I read that the young children were immediately taken to the crematorium, and also the elders were also taken to the crematorium. Yeah, I think that if he said that he was younger they would have either taken taken him to the crematorium or they would have separated him from his family. Mm-hmm. And also, if he said that he didn't have a job, then he would be kind of useless to them. So oh, yeah. they yeah. might have also for him. The- yeah, I think he was just doing his part in, like, surviving, and it was kind of necessary at that point for him to lie about his age and job. Yeah, also if the the only way for like Jews to escape like the crematorium and death is to be perceived as helpful by the Nazis. And mm-hmm. if you you were thought as like capable of working, you had a higher chance of living and surviving. Yeah, and also Dr. Mengele, he did the, he didn't know this at the time, but he kinda saved himself. 
from like horrible torture because Dr. Mengele did experiments on people, mm-hmm. like young kids, young boys mainly. So, like, he he might have saved himself from from that. Mm-hmm. And I'm really sorry to kind of change the perspective. And this is just a bonus question, a thought I had while reading the book. But uh, throughout the book, um, Ellie stated that at the moment in time, all that mattered to me was my daily bowl of soup, my crust of stale bread. So obviously they were very hungry. They weren't fed correctly and they were in the brink of death. So I'm wondering, did they ever think about eating other people, cannibalism? I think they probably probably. Oh, I was going to say probably not. (laughs) Um, Just... I have a little bit of a different take on it just because um, obviously all of them were religious. Uh, like that's why they were being persecuted against. And like, I think that definitely goes against their religion. So mm-hmm. I think like kind of same, almost same thing, not really, but as how the Germans have this idea rooted in their head, so do the Jews, they just have a better and more ethical <laughs> idea rooted in their head. So I don't think... I think maybe they considered it, but I don't think they ever would. Yeah. Written. I don't think they would. I, yeah, I think that they probably thought about it, but their morals told them not to do it, and they they kind of knew that it was a bad thing to do, even though they probably thought about it and were starving. Mm-hmm. But I think that their morals were so high that they would they wouldn't kill someone, but they would risk their own lives to get food. So I think they definitely really considered it in their mind, like the person who walked out who, to the soup. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, walked out to get the soup even though he knew he was gonna die. So I think mm-hmm. that food is definitely a huge part in their life. Like they would do almost anything for soup or food, but I don't think they would be willing to go against their own morals for it. At the same time, maybe they were a very fearful because he also stated our fear overpowered our hunger so they were probably afraid to of getting caught also because if they were caught they were probably executed too and religion also has probably has a factor in this yeah i was gonna say that um i feel like though food you need food to survive i think there was other things to be more worried about like obviously you need food to survive but you can go like a while without food but like, if you get shot, then you're you're just dead. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for listening to our podcast and um, follow along with us. Thank Join you. Join us next week. Bye. Bye.